like these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Defensive matchups the 49ers must win. And there are some that are going to be tough for the 49ers to win against a Los Angeles Rams team that has some pretty good talent. So I'm excited to get into this one. I'm excited to talk about the matchups that the 49ers are going to have to win because defensively, the 49ers came out and played such a spectacular game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. But the Rams also put up 30 points against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, which is a very accomplished feat. And they had guys step up, whether that was, you know, wide receivers, uh, Puka Nakua or Tutu Atwell. Uh, they also had a running game that was staying very consistent as far as dedication to running the football. 40 carries for 92 yards is nothing spectacular. Uh, but when you carry the ball 40 times, you have a really good chance of winning the game. And that's exactly what the Rams did. So they controlled tempo, they occupied the clock, and they just took advantage of everything Seattle gave them. So the 49ers have to make sure, in turn, that they don't run into the same sort of situations that the Seattle Seahawks did. Defensively, the 49ers are very, very good. A talented defensive line, the best two linebackers in the entire NFL, a well-accomplished safety room that creates many turnovers, and two outside corners that can play with anyone in the league. The question mark is nickel corner. 49ers started the game, of course, having Ambry Thomas play on the outside during sub packages and having Diamond Lenore slide inside. At halftime, they made a switch. Diamond Lenore back to the outside, Isaiah Oliver playing on the inside. I broke down both sets, both halves, both available over on Patreon if you want to go watch that. Highlight Ambry Thomas's plays, highlight Isaiah Oliver's plays, what I liked, what I didn't like. You can go check out all that. But I think that's one of the keys in this football game is a must-win defensive matchup is the 49ers' defensive backs, and especially Diomino Lenore and Isaiah Oliver, because I don't know which one is going to play the nickel. And I think this is a matchup the 49ers have to win. They have to take advantage of getting off the field. Matthew Stafford is not like Kenny Pickett. He will fit it into tight windows. He's well accomplished. He has a tremendous arm, but he's willing to take chances and make throws that normal people don't think that's a window to get the ball out. But because of Stafford's ability uh, to change arm angles and then to whip the ball out there, receivers who don't appear open are open. So this is going to be a tough one. Normally, I would say Dialmer Lenore playing the Rams would play the nickel position. Uh, for one, it's usually Cooper Cup that's going to be in the slot. But in this game, it's going to be a variety of different players. They could put uh, you know, Tutu Atwell, Puka Nagua, Nakua. They can put in there Van Jefferson. Uh, you can see Ben uh, Skoranek. There's a lot of options for the Rams as far as who they put in the slot. So the 49ers personnel and how they go about it is going to be interesting. When Isaiah Oliver was playing uh, the, the corner spot, they were pretty much completely zone coverage. There was an occasion here or there 
Uh, by primarily they went zone, but I thought he held up pretty good. But I don't know how good of a matchup someone like Tutu Atwell is going to be on Isaiah Oliver compared to uh, Nakua. That might be a better matchup. Van Jefferson in the slot, a better matchup for Isaiah Oliver. Uh, Skoranek, a better you know option for Isaiah Oliver. So I think there's the one bad matchup that the Foyers are going to have to win. Tutu Atwell, I think if that's the case, if he's in the slot, that's when Diomero Lenore has to be on him. Uh, so then what do you do on the outside? Does that mean Womack is coming in now? Or are they going to go back to Ambry Thomas? I think it's something to monitor in this football game. But this is definitely a matchup that the 49ers must win. Both Nakua and Atwell went off for 119 yards in the air. Uh, both were targeted 10-plus times. Nakua was targeted 15 times in the game and walked away with nine receptions. Really, it really impressive for both of them. But Atwell also got free on a a ball deep down the field, forty four yard gain. A little confusion the way Sean McVay used his motion to bring him in past uh, the outside wide receiver, and it messed up the uh, adjustments from the secondary between safety and cornerback. And he got Atwell free. And that speed that Tutu Atwell has will create a lot of problems for Forty Nine er secondary if they don't stay on top of what he does. They'll also use him in jet sweeps and that sort of action as well. But the other reason that Diomero Lenore and Isaiah Oliver are really important this week is the Rams like to run the football with three wide receiver sets. They get three wide receivers out there. They get you in their nickel package, and then they use these wide receivers to block. They use them a lot in line as well. They went with a lot of tight splits, and the 49ers did the same thing with their receivers against Pittsburgh. Tight splits, they can chip, they can help on edge rushers on the outside get a little push down. I will say this, Cooper Cup is one of the best blocking wide receivers in the league, and they're definitely missing that. They're missing that physicality. Uh, Nakua and Tutu Atwell aren't as good at blocking, so we'll see how that translates to the run game. But when you're a nickel corner against the Los Angeles Rams, you have to be available in run fits, and you have to do a really good job of being in the right spot. You are basically the third linebacker for the 49ers. So how much will McVay choose to have the 49ers in 4-3 base sets with Orrin Burks on the field? And how many times will he want them in nickel with whoever that nickel corner ends up being early on in the game? I think only McVay knows that. I think he'll probably go back and forth early and try to get a feel of which matchups are best for him. Uh, so I'm really curious about how Sean McVay goes to attack the 49ers defense and what Steve Wilkes does to kind of neutralize, you know, the things that McVay likes to do in those three wide receiver sets. I'm sure blitzes can come, but with that, Matthew Stafford is very good against the blitz. So uh, you live by the blitz, you can die by the blitz. So far, the 49ers have been very successful on the season. When they've blitzed, they've been able to execute, get pressure on the quarterback and make him get rid of the football or get him to the ground five sacks last week for the San Francisco 49ers. So that's one to watch. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Hopefully the 49ers can lock it down in the slot. If we can start feeling comfortable about the slot play, I think there's really not very many weaknesses on this 49ers defense, if any at all. So next up, I want to talk about the 49ers D-line. And the 49ers D-line is so good. Uh, they've just got so much talent on the team. They really are just absolutely uh, spectacular and I just, I love watching what they do, the way they work together, the games. Uh, it, it's something to write home about. I mean, they are just absolutely uh, a fun team to watch. And I've just been a fan of 
you know, what they've done with Armstead, with Hargrave, uh, they have been just using them on the inside. And you could tell it's not complete chemistry yet. Uh, those two guys are still working on getting better and better at playing together. Uh, but you've seen it later in the game, like, oh, you're doubling Hargrave, Armstead's going to win. Oh, you're doubling Armstead, Hargrave's going to win. And it even happened with Kinlaw. Kinlaw had a really good football game. Uh, I, I watched the All-22, and he flashed. Sometimes he got in so quickly and so easily. I believe he thought he was a screen pass. He would kind of hesitate for a second. Uh, that's how good he was doing. He had one play absolutely use an inside rip move, uh, or sorry, inside swim move, hit Samalu and came across, and Samalu went flying out of the way, and he got upfield. So this is a matchup I'm interested in seeing. They've continued to go through transitions with their offensive line, and they've, you know, They've got accomplished players, guys, the four yards have win against. Uh, but the matchup of Alaric Jackson on the outside, last year he came in late in the season and played against the uh, 49ers. Uh, but this is an advantage 49ers. Bosa, Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell have to take advantage of Alaric Jackson on the outside. They have to win in pass rush downs. And we know the way the 49ers went early. Cleveland Farrell was setting the edge on base downs. So first and second down, Farrell. Third down, here came Drake Jackson, and his speed and athleticism was on display. So if they can force uh, the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, out of the pocket, that's when Drake Jackson really goes to work. I did see one play in the game I was hyped about. Drake Jackson bent the corner, got to the quarterback. That was really nice against the Steelers. Uh, but I seen Cleveland Farrell do the same thing. So uh, 49ers are, are going right now with some accomplished pass rushers, and that's one of the advantages they have that side against Alaric Jackson. So I'm looking for the 49ers you know, to work that one over and see what they can do. And then on the inside, you got no boom. Uh, he's going to be going against Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. And yeah, they've got, you know, Coleman Shelton on the inside as well. Uh, but these are going to be some matchups at the favor of the 49ers. How will the Rams handle going against the interior defensive line of the 49ers? Because they want to run zone scheme. They want to get him moving. Uh, but Armstead, Hargrave, they can absolutely move. Bosa and Cleveland Farrell can absolutely move in the run game. They can get down the line of scrimmage, run things down. Great hustlers. So it's a bad matchup speed-wise for the Los Angeles Rams. But then their offensive line isn't built uh, for power either. So double teaming at the point of attack can somewhat be a struggle I wonder if they can get a push on Eric Armstead or a push on Javon Hargrave. And if they can't, uh, then their run game is really not going to get going. And so I think this is going to be an interesting uh, way to see how McVay goes about it. I wouldn't be shocked to see some jet sweeps, put some pressure on Cleveland Farrell, put some pressure on Bosa to be able to defend that, kind of what Kansas City did last year. The Pittsburgh Steelers tried it one time with Calvin Austin the third, and Cleveland Farrell got down the line of scrimmage, and got to him in the backfield. They ended up forcing a loss on the play. So I think that there are avenues to attack the 49ers, but I think the 49ers have an advantage. Uh, their defensive line is a lot better than the Rams' offensive line, and there are some clear matchup wins that they can take advantage of. And one of the easiest ones is Alaric Jackson. So can we see Nick Bosa lining up on the right side? I think that's obvious that he'll line up on the right side sometimes and try to get work against Jackson early on in the game. And then, of course, he'll go against Havenstein as well. Uh, so those are going to be matchups that we see, you know, what the 49ers do as far as flipping Nick Bosa one way or the other. 
He has the freedom to decide. But then what happens with Matthew Stafford when you get him uh, that push in the interior? Because one thing the 49ers weren't getting consistently in 2022 from their pass rush was an interior push, uh, collapsing that pocket, pushing up the middle of the field. That's the easiest way to make a quarterback feel uncomfortable. And the 49ers didn't get that. Eric Armstead was hurt most of the year. Javon Kinlaw was hurt most of the year. Hassan Ridgeway wasn't a great pass rusher. Uh, he was big, and he was great against the run. But then you had guys like Kevin Givens, who's a penetrator. But you just didn't really get that push, that collapse of the pocket. Well, now with Hargrave and Armstead, not only can you get the penetration, the aggressiveness, the quick moves uh, that get you to the backfield and to the quarterback, but also that push to collapse the pocket. And with a guy like Matthew Stafford, you have to make sure there's no way he can get out. If he gets out of the pocket, he's going to be able to create down the field. He keeps his eyes down the field, and he's got an absolute rocket attached to his arm that he can go ahead and release the football deep. So you have to somewhat uh, be very comfortable with where you're at as far as pass rush lanes, but also you need every single defensive lineman working together. That's the outside guys not going too far upfield, making sure uh, they, they do bend the corner, but don't give up too much ground. And then the defensive tackles have to get a push. Make Matthew Stafford feel uncomfortable. Some of that could come with blitzes by linebackers and blitzes by Taudo Ufonga, which seemed to be what Steve Wilkes was dialing up the most. And those are significant in the run game, but they're also significant against Matthew Stafford where it helps keep pass rush lane integrity because then somebody on the inside, uh, one of your defensive ends can take a chance and one of your linebackers can make up for that by filling one of the areas and the avenues at which Matthew Stafford not only wants to throw the football, but maybe step up or escape the pocket. And so those things are all important. So 49ers have to win. This is a must-win battle, defensive line versus offensive line, because it should slant very heavy towards the 49ers. They don't win this. It gives the Rams an opportunity. If the Rams start getting a run game going, uh, then they can establish tempo. They can control the clock. They can wear the defense down, and then that's advantage Rams. So this is going to be a big one that I'm really looking forward to in this game. 49ers D-line should be able to take advantage of the Rams offensive line. Uh, next up, I want to talk about another really cool matchup uh, for the 49ers versus the Rams, and uh, that is the linebackers and safeties. So Hufanga, Tashawn Gibson, Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw primarily uh, going against Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby is a, a very good tight end that often gives the 49ers a little bit of fits. Uh, through the years, he's just made some plays. It was a couple years ago, I think it was week 18 in 2021, where he was going off. He was making all kinds of plays until he got hurt. And so he's a tough matchup for a lot of teams. He even had some big catches against Seattle last week, including a deep one down the sideline against safety Julian Love. So he has the ability to stretch the field vertically. He's very accomplished catching the ball, the yards after catch are good. He's a good blocker all around a very solid tight end. So the 49ers are going to employ several guys. That's why I couldn't go with just Higby versus Warner or Hufanga versus Higby. All, all four of those guys in some way, shape, or form are going to account, with the, account for him at some point. So because of personnel groupings, uh, formation shifts and changes, McVay is going to get him matched up on somebody of those four uh, pretty much every single time. 
And so what you want is to be able to carry this guy. Now, speed-wise, all four of those guys can run with him. That's the good news. Uh, the bad news is he's a very accomplished route runner that can create separation with his routes. So the 49ers are going to have to be very physical with him and make sure they don't let him have free releases. Uh, you have to make sure you redirect him on his routes, throw his timing off with Matthew Stafford, and then just try to stay in his hip pocket the best you can. When he makes catches, tackle him, get him to the ground. So this is one of those matchups where I think Fred Warner makes the most sense. Him and Hufanga can handle Higby. Uh, they, they they make the most sense. They're the ones who can run vertically with them. They have sticky coverage. You'd like for those to be the matchups. Uh, Warner and Tauno Ufonga on Higby, depending on you know what you're running in coverage, uh, which zone it is. But that's kind of the matchups you're hoping for. Uh, matchups that the Rams are looking for is getting to Sean Gibson one-on-one -on -one with Tyler Higby. He's very good at playing center field. He's not very good in any sort of coverage where they're, you know, you have a tight end like this. So we during the game film, I seen Gibson fall down when he was in coverage. Wide open receiver. Luckily, pressure got there, forced Pickett to roll to the right, and you didn't see the wide open receiver on the left, which is Calvin Austin. With his 4-3 speed, he would have been gone. So I think that that's how the 49ers want to handle it. How many middle linebackers like Fred Warner can run the deep middle of the seam one-on-one uh, -on -one with wide receivers, let alone a tight end? So this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think the 49ers will feel pretty comfortable you know, with Hufanga and Warner on him. Uh, but Higby has the opportunity and the ability to get open and make plays. We'll see if McVay goes back to that sort of game plan where he got Higby involved and found favorable matchups. Those were against different safeties. That was against Jaquiski Tart. That was against Jimmy Ward. Uh, so those are definitely different, but let's see how they go about it uh, because I do think that it's a interesting matchup uh, for the 49ers and maybe not one that's clear cut. And we'll see, can the Rams take advantage of getting Tyler Higby open or can the 49ers absolutely shut him down? It's a great opportunity you're watching uh, and this is your first time like and subscribe to the channel I love when i get new subscribers if you're listening on audio platform 49ers cutback on believe it's available on all audio platforms please give it a five-star rating appreciate that and then if you have the psf app or you're thinking about getting it, pro sports fans i do a show over there with uh with mark adams from 49ers camelot and he's going to be uh, joining me Sunday, we're going to be l watching this 49ers game and live streaming live on the app. app. You guys can jump in the chat room, talk directly with us as we're talking about the game, giving our analysis. It's going to be a lot of fun. So it's available on uh, Apple and Android. Just go to your, your store and download it and join the fun. 49ers chat room's going crazy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but when it comes to another matchup in this game that I'm really thinking the 49ers need to win, it's the 49ers red zone defense, and they didn't have too many times they were in the red zone, but primarily red zone run game defense against the Rams. And I know this wasn't an issue for the 49ers, but it was a distinct advantage for the Rams against the Seahawks. They ran for three touchdowns in the red zone. Iron Williams with two touchdowns, Cam Akers with another one. Uh, they were running the football pretty effectively when they got in the red zone. And that's something the 49ers definitely have to make sure they stop. That is a must win. If the Rams get into the red zone, you must force them to kick field goals. And they have a variety of different ways to attack you. This is one of the things the Rams do well in the run game 
is they will put pressure on you outside and inside. You also, it's not predetermined by which running back is in where they run. That was one of the things with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They wanted to run Najee Harris primarily between the tackles. So we had a really good idea of where he was going and, and what you were going to be seeing as a defense. This week, Kyron Williams, Cam Akers, they'll run him inside. They'll run him outside. They'll put him in motion, run him in jet sweeps. Uh, they'll fake jet sweeps and then do little pitches outside. That's how uh, Akers got a touchdown on fourth down. So they're very accomplished in the run game, and we know Sean McVay likes to come up with creative things, and he needs to. San Francisco has owned the Rams in the regular season. So this is something the Rams have had an advantage in against Seattle. Can they continue that? They were very dedicated to running the football, 40 carries, 92 yards. But some of those carries were touchdowns, three touchdowns on the ground. It's spectacular. The 49ers run defense was great last week. They only allowed 41 yards. They really shut down the Steelers' offense as far as running the football, and that was going to be their identity in this game. They were going to run the football against the 49ers. They were going to eat clock, keep their defense off the field, and then they were going to play a lot of play action with Kenny Pickett, give him opportunities to go down the field, and it all sounded great, but then the 49ers didn't give up anything on the ground. That interior defensive line did great, but also... Steve Wilkes being willing to go to a five-man front and blow up Najee Harris on the second drive of the game. That was spectacular. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw pull the trigger and get downhill faster than any linebacker tandem in the entire league, and it ain't close. And then when Oren Burks came in, he was reading the keys, making the right plays, diagnosing and making tackles. He was also picking up running backs in coverage. So the 49ers looked very good in that front seven. They were setting the edge. They weren't getting pushed out. They were taking on double teams and winning. Uh, the linebackers were getting downhill. They were they were just doing everything you need to do. So this is going to be interesting. I want to see if the Rams will stay dedicated to the run if the 49ers aren't allowing yardage the same way that Seattle did last week. The Rams were dedicated. Can you make them get off of that, off of that running the football mentality? Can you make Sean McVay become one-dimensional? I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing in this game because without a run game, you have a shot to stop Matthew Stafford and his weapons. If they establish a run game and they're able to score red zone touchdowns on the ground, that's going to make it difficult for the 49ers defense and it makes it difficult for any defense. Uh, but that starts putting stress on the corners and the players on the outside to make plays. So uh, this is one of those ones I'm really interested to see how the 49ers defense and their dynamic with Steve Wilkes, uh, they're able to stop the Rams running game. It wasn't explosive. There was nothing dynamic about it. It was just volume. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think I would see a day where Sean McVay was going to run the ball 40 times and only get, you know, 92 yards. Just, I mean, overall yards per carry is terrible. It wasn't good. Uh, you can't consistently do that is my belief. So it's, it's going to be a fun one. I, I'm looking forward to this game. 49ers versus Rams. Winner becomes leader in the NFC West. Uh, but anytime it's a rivalry game like this, you're going to go out there and you're going to want to get it done. But imagine if the 49ers are able to pull it out against the Rams. That would be 2-0 uh, on the road. That's a great way to start the season. Of course, they have a short week turning around, welcoming the New York Giants for Thursday night football. But getting those first two will definitely make you settle in and feel comfortable. And I think the 49ers have the ability... Here's some matchups the 49ers must win. 
course, my game preview show is going to come out tomorrow. Join me for the game preview show. I'm going to be talking about key matchups on offense and defense. These are matchups you got to win. The other ones are keys. And I haven't mentioned Aaron Donald yet. Uh, so you know that's going to be one of the key matchups. I haven't mentioned Colt McKivitz yet. Uh, so you're aware of that. And then, of course, I like to get into my bold predictions. And then I'll pick the winner of this game, who I think is going to win after my study of what's going to happen. But I'm also going to get into how I think you know each team is going to try to attack. Uh, so that's why the game preview is so much fun. I have a lot of uh, fun doing that episode. It's great. So join me for that. That's going to be coming out tomorrow. Also, the Madden sim will be coming out tomorrow where Madden predicts who's going to win this football game. It's always exciting. Uh, so join me. Great content on the channel. But we'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.